What an exciting day. Hasn't it been great this morning? Powerful, powerful worship, powerful to be in the presence of God this morning. Matthew, some of, uh, again, I would say, this is so, happens on a pretty regular basis. He texted me this morning and said, I feel, started sharing some things that he felt with me in a text this morning. He said, by chance, is the message going to be on that or in that direction? I said, absolutely, but I want you to share anyway. So. Yeah. I just, uh, I just thought I'd read this text. Um, the world is listening to the spirit of fear right now. As sons and daughters, we fear the Lord by listening to his voice. In the book of Acts, great fear came upon the early church, and he was holy in their midst. We cannot refuse him who speaks. Everything is set apart by the word of God. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We listen to a different spirit than the world. Not sure if this resonates with you, uh, but I felt led to text this to you. And I just felt this morning, I was listening to the Lord that, you know, the early church was filled with great fear, but it was a different type of fear. It was the fear of the Lord. And this prophet Isaiah said that this is the kind of fear we could delight in because we, we know that with his presence, nothing can touch his presence, that all evil must flee in his presence this morning. And you know, We've been given a spirit, not of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You know, spirit is something you can't see. And I, I felt like God's like, there's two frequencies that, that you can tune into. And you're hearing a lot of the frequency of fear. It's the radio station that's going out in the world. It's the frequency. But God wants us to tune into the frequency of what he's saying, what he's declaring. And therefore, others will see the living hope we sang about this morning. And during worship, I just, I just want to prophesy something. So I'm just stepping out in faith. I felt like the Lord said, my church is not at 2911 death way. My church is at 2911 life way. And I feel like the Lord is saying there's a roar that goes out from here it is a resurrection roar. And that is an unstoppable roar. And he is pleased with our praise. While others are intimidated and in the upper room in fear, we are not. We come out when the world's in fear, biting their nails in the closet, we come out. And there is a resurrection roar that I am pleased with that is unstoppable. Because you're letting me, the lion, come out of you. So I encourage you, not just today, but tomorrow, we're going to face coworkers. And I will admit there are times where out of my lips this last week, I wasn't speaking holiness, but giving into that corona. I don't even want to say it because we have different coronas. We have coronas that see from his perspective. We have different coronas. We have the coronas of God. <laughs> Those are our eyes. So I just encourage you, the Lord is pleased, and he's saying, let the roar continue tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What, are you trying to keep that social space there? Or no, no, I'm sorry. I'm just, uh... yeah, I know. You want to just pray really quickly? Yeah, I, I think that would be like, awesome. Yeah, I just feel like maybe the Lord has more here. Yeah, me too. Yes, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I thank you, Father, that you've given us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that though we see and we hear about death all around us, we know that that is not the state of affairs. That you have overcome the grave and that resurrection life is within us and will have the last word. So right now, I thank you, even this morning, but right now, every trace of fear in any heart right now would be eradicated in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Even one thousandth of an ounce of fear would be eradicated right now in Jesus' name because we are on holy ground 
And because of your cross and resurrection and your blood, we are holy ground. We are a city set on a hill. This church is a city set on a hill. We don't hide, God. Help us not to hide. Give us grace and strength. Give us courage. Give us boldness not to hide the lamp. Not to hide the lamp. <laughs> like this church is seen from the highway. But even as we go out, we are the church, God. May we be seen in the highways and the byways by others. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And together, everybody said, amen. 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 Thank you, Matthew. You know what I would still like to do, Linda? I would still like to have that 91st Psalm up there in the Passion Translation. It's like I've been just started reading this psalm, and it's just like, oh my goodness, the way that it does this 91st Psalm in the Passion Translation is incredible. It's like, whoa, this is so powerful. I, wanted to, I just wanted to say one thing, before, at least one thing, before we get started here this morning. It's like, I really appreciated when Pastor Tim said, let's just pray in the Spirit together. The unity of praying in the Spirit. That was amazing. That was just, I, didn't you just feel that? And for those of you that don't really know exactly what that's about, or you've not yet received that gift, it's definitely a gift and it's something that's just amazing. We don't apologize for it, but sometimes it's a good, it's really good to explain it just a little bit. And that is the heavenly language that Paul was talking about, that we can be praying in that heavenly language. And together when we pray in that language, sometimes it feels like you're just almost like lifted up on a cloud. It's like, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Like, thank you, Pastor Tim. All right, we have it up there. Would you mind standing one more time so we could just read this together? I believe this in this translation is just an amazing and an incredible declaration, a promise and a declaration. All right, are you ready? When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me, and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. 
Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you on a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all your promises. Yes and Amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. That's just. You know, I. Uh, <clears throat> something kind of amazing. I think there are so many symbolic things that happen to us. I just have to tell you a little story. Yesterday, I was getting ready to go to a, a wedding, so I was taking a shower. I looked down, and we have this big shower and a bench, and I, I put my foot up there, and I was kind of scrubbing the back of my, of my heel, back around my ankle, and I saw kind of like a dark spot. It's like, have I been running around without socks? Did my shoe leave something? So I scrubbed that really good before I went to that wedding. This morning, I got up, took a shower, and that spot was bigger and darker. It's like, what in the world? I tried scrubbing it. It's like, it did not come off. I looked more closely, and then I showed it to my wife. She said, that's a bruise on your heel. It's like, oh, my goodness. Just right, right there on the, oh, check that. <laughs> and the thought came to me so quickly. It's like this is, I will bruise your heel. He will bruise my heel, but I will crush his head. <laughs> he might bruise my heel, but I will crush his head. That's a promise that we've all got too, isn't it? Yes, yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus, for another, another promise. I want to, uh, first of all, I'm going to end up speaking for about 20 or 25 minutes and then we have a speaker that's coming up here that is an international evangelist, has been in South Africa on two different mission trips, spoken and taught there, has been in Mexico, spoken and taught there, and it is our own Christy Lynn Hardy. She's going to be bringing up the second half of this message because she felt so strongly about fear and faith. And it's like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, stir it up, stir it up and bring it on. I want to talk to you just a little bit before I get into some, some I've got some really some positive affirming scriptures that I want to use here in, in just a little bit. But you know what has been in our face just so much here these last few weeks has been this coronavirus. Like, oh my goodness. And the fear that has come over the people basically perpetuated by the media. It's like, good grief, good grief. Um, as Matthew said, as Christy will say, we, you know, we, you know, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, or love, power, and a sound mind. Sound mind that we can make really good decisions if we will look realistically at some of what's, what's really happening and what's really going on here. And um, So I did a little bit of study that, you know, once you get on the Internet, you can get some pretty fast... Uh, statistics that start start pulling it up because it's like what you know what is this I, I did a comparison I researched a comparison between the flu the different kind of flus that we've had and this virus this COVID-19 virus that, that's going around and it made me scratch my head even more going around why are we in such a panic over this and what has transpired and what we've gone through in the past just like wow uh, there's been, as of last Thursday, the 12th, that's what, what I could find some of the most recent uh, statistics, like 1,215 cases in the U.S. at that time. Now, that is four or five days old now. And uh, on the 12th, by that time, 12 out of 1,215 cases, there were 36 deaths. So it's, it's the real deal. Some people have died. But I st went back and did statistics in, in some of the other flu viruses and things that have come around and it's like, you know what, that really 
is not that staggering to see. This, this is like, oh, just a little bit less than 3%. It's like 3%. That, that's pretty scary right there. But I want to I go just a, a little deeper with, with this and, and share some, I'm going to just call it hypothetical, just share with you some thoughts that, that, that I have had Feel like, now I'm going to be very careful right here, and I am not going to say that God just started giving me downloads. I'm going to just say that I have seen some things, and you might just say, I know that was in your imagination, or else you bumped your head, Lynn, but no. This is something that I remember very distinctly in 2009. And I was watching on a, on a television, on a news station, and they were talking about this flu virus that was going around then and starting to perpetuate fear right then. And, and on that, you know, that clip, it showed people down a sidewalk, around a corner, lined up to get in to get, to, to, to get the injection for that flu that was going around then. And I remember looking at that, and I felt like, I'll just say, I felt like I had an impression. It's like, oh my goodness how we are being manipulated by fear that that many people would run, stand in a big old long line down a city block around a corner to be able to go inside to get an injection. And I remember thinking very clearly then, like a scenario started to just kind of run through my head. And I'm, I'm going to hypothetically just share some things with you this morning that I felt in 2009. When, when, when I saw this and started... These things that started running through my head. I'm not saying God gave me a download. I'm just saying these things started to run through my head. Everybody got that now? Pastor Lynn did not hear. So I'm not saying that I heard directly from the Lord and he said and he showed. But I got these, these crazy impressions then. And, and uh, Okay. What if? Let's just do some hypothetical, some what if. It's like... Oh my goodness, people just flocked in fear because they were afraid they might get this swine flu thing. This, what was it, H1N1 back then? Just flocked in there to get, you know, to get shots. They don't even know for sure what they're getting shot with, but, but they're, like, yeah. Like there's a scripture in, uh, in Proverbs that says, some put their trust in horses, some in chariots, but I put my trust in the word of the Lord. Some believe in horses, some believe in chariots, but I put my trust in the Lord. It's like running in there, lining up out of fear because of what they've seen or what they've heard on the media, in the media. And I just thought, wow, if people can be so controlled by fear like that, what in the world if, 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 if there was some big plot if there was a group of a dozen people that got together and started to plot out, how could we make this great nation of America, how could we bring them to their knees? There's a scripture that says, you know, you cannot plunder a strong man's house unless first you bind the strong man. Everybody familiar with that scripture? You, you, you could not plunder a strong man's house unless first you, you bind the strong man. And so... What if some superpower that's always been wanting for years and years and years and years to have a one-world government, what could they do that would cause the people that would a strong, strong nation, a world-leading nation like the United States of America, what could bring them to their knees? How? How? It would be to cripple them with fear. I mean, the Bible says in the last days, people's hearts will fail them from fear. From fear. So, what is the best perpetuator of fear? It's like the media. The media. Scare you to death with the media, but something drives the media, right? Well, what drives the media? Well, scripture says that we fight not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and rulers of darkness. So we know there are two forces at work all of the time. One force, the, 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 the devil, the enemy of our soul, the prince of the power of the air. He, he, he is working 
and working, working to destroy a God-believing nation. Do you believe that? Yes. His mission is to destroy the most godly nation in the world. To bring them to their knees. Because we are world leaders. It's like, and to see that happen, and, and how would that be? And I, I remember just thinking these thoughts, clear back then, that would be like 11 years ago, uh, and thinking, wow, what if, what if some of, of, of even this kind of thing, that, not saying that somebody created this virus or something, but what an incredible opportunity now, an incredible opportunity then when they started showing that and the fear that, that was generated in that, second, like, wow, wow, wow. If we ever can end up seeing this perfect storm happen again, maybe we can really jump on this and we can end up creating an opportunity for crippling the United States of America, for weakening them, for breaking them down, for creating incredible division a house separated has a difficult time standing, right? And we're seeing an amazing separation happening right now in our nation that needs to come together as a nation. Churches that need to come together and get over their differences to hang on to our religious rights. I just want to talk, I am so not fearful of the coronavirus of this COVID-19. I am fearful, what, what, what shakes me up, and I just wanted to share a little bit of this. I'm not a conspiracy guy. I have not done a bunch of reading. I have not done a bunch of research and conspiracy theory and all that. No, no, no. This is just stuff that I thought up on my own from wherever this revelation came. It's just something that I thought, that, you know, that some images anyway that, that I was shown. What if what if, I thought back in, 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 I'm saying again, in 2009, what if, man, through this fear thing, what if, Ronnie, what if you were such a rebel and you were not conforming with the rules that have been laid out for you <clears throat> and somebody in, in power decided, because there's been this mandate that's been set and you're rebelling against that, and there's enough study on you from Facebook and all of the other things and how you spend your money. It's like, you don't conform well with society. Send the people out to get him that are all dressed up so they can't catch this coronavirus or this whatever virus. Grab him, take him, and put him in a quarantined area somewhere. It's just... This was stuff that was coming to me in 2009. It's like, whoa. So through fear, hysterical fear, we could be manipulated and your neighbors would say, oh, thank God they took him and took him away because he was a viral threat to the rest of our health. This makes sense to anybody. Okay, I'm still, and I'm not a conspiracy. I'm just, I just want to throw something hypothetically out there for you to think about. For you to think about just a little. This will give you something to talk about when you go to lunch, maybe even at dinner tonight. It's like, whoa, maybe he's nuts. I've just, but but I, I, saw the, I just saw these little, little clips of, the, of this stuff that, you know, that you could end up then disappearing, being held in there for who knows how long, and everybody's like, man, poor guy, that virus got him. That something got him. This makes sense to anybody. Now we find ourselves where there has been uh, <laughs> orders that are coming down from the highest to the next level, to the next level, to the next level, where our religious freedom is almost taken away because nobody, because a church of over 250 people is not supposed to be meeting. It's like... How does that make you feel when you think because of the fear that's been propagated here, we're beginning to lose rights? And when you look at 
state-to-state travel. There are some states that are already saying they don't want anybody crossing their state line. We, we had a, a cousin who called and said, I need to get my wife home because there's been talk in my state that nobody can end up coming across that, that state line. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I, I was just thinking, if, if, if we just stand back and watch our rights be taken away through fear of a stupid virus? How long has the flu been around? It's like, my goodness. Billy Graham says, courage is contagious. I remember seeing this quote a long time ago, looking it up, looking it up again. It says, courage, and, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often straightened. <laughs> Courage is contagious when a brave man takes a stand. The spines of others are often stiffened. Somebody needs to, and from a lack of knowledge, the people perish. You know, we live on a, oh, it's almost my time to quit here. We live on a, on a hill. We moved 27 or 28 years ago onto a hill, and I was just looking this morning as I was contemplating, praying a little, and just, and just looking over the city and go, wow, from the middle of our house, from our, our great room, step out onto our patio, and I look right down the middle of Caldwell, the very center of Caldwell, Kimball Street, where, the, where all of the happening stuff is. And I was thinking, we're on the hill above Caldwell, and I can look down, and I can see all of, the, all of the hubbub, all of the activity. I can see when the seasons change, and they change lights. I can see and, and watch the, woo-woo, the sirens go by when the police and the, and the fire trucks. And I can just watch all of the activity that's taking place down there. But I'm up above that activity. I'm up in a peaceful place where I can watch it, and I'm not in the middle of all of it. I just like, wow, this is, this is really cool. But in Ephesians, I'm not going to spend very much time digging into these scriptures, but Ephesians 2.6 says, We are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So at my house, when I want to get out of, see, see, I can get down in that. I can get caught up in the traffic. I can be stopped at those stoplights and be behind five people and go, Would you go? Would you go? Come on. Move, move, move. I can get caught in, in the traffic of somebody not signaling and I'm waiting or, or signaling and I'm waiting for them to make a left turn and they don't turn and I'm just like, oh, oh. That driver's rage thing, you know? It's like I have to fight that. But, but then I can go back home. I, I can go back to my house and I'm not in the middle of any of that, of the noise, of waiting on trains. I can just sit there and I can just look down over the city and watch what's happening down there from a very peaceful place. And that's where each one of us are called. We are co in this Passion Translation, it says, we are co-seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. We sit together with him, looking down from a heavenly place, a peaceful place, on all of the activity that's going on down there. And I just encourage you this morning, going back to, it's like, Wow. When you uh, think of yourself from a 50,000 foot or a 100,000 foot level looking down, looking down, even on this coronavirus thing that's got lots and lots of churches just shut down. They're not meeting. All they can do is either go online or, but man, there, there is power in worship. And when we worship together, we break chains. We, we accomplish some stuff in the spirit. That it's a little, not a little more, the corporate worship is really powerful, that's a lot more difficult to do when you're just in your house by yourself. Can we do it? Yes, we can do it. Will we do it? Yes, we will do it if it comes down to that. But I just think we need to think about what I've just shared with you and be very, very aware, not just be sleeping through it when we watch one after another after another of our rights being taken away that we don't even realize what's happening. I just say, wake up, wake up, rise out of the traffic jam, the confusion, get out of the trench, go up seated in heavenly places from the peaceful place, look down and say, oh, 
I don't trust in horses and chariots. I trust in you, in your word, in your promises. All right, I want to bring that fiery evangelist up here right now. Welcome, Christy Lynn. Yeah, you got it all. I can get this stuff out of your way. Thanks so much, Dad. You're welcome. Whoops. I'm fired up. You should have been at my house yesterday. Or this morning. Or this morning. <laughs> I was just fired up. Oh, Jesus. Something that, there's so many things to share, but we're not going to share them all, unless you guys want to stay for a long time, which we can. Where's your faith? Just kidding. Um, I'm just excited for a time like this. Honestly, there's something in me that's like, I am excited that we get to be here for such a time as this, that the Lord specifically chose us to be alive now. That's for a reason. And I just believe that this is a recipe for revival. That's what I believe really strongly. I believe right now this is a recipe for revival. Um, but we have to be aware. It's that time where it's, we can let it pass or we can wake up and realize, God, you are moving right now and we get to be a part of that. So something, um, a lot of people, you've probably seen this quote going around. It's A.W. Tozer. He wrote, a scared world needs a fearless church. A scared world needs a fearless church. That's what I felt when we were worshiping. I was like, whoo, I'm thankful that I am with a fearless church here. But it's true. A scared world needs a fearless church. And if you've been outside, if you've gone to the grocery store, sweet mercy. You can feel it. You're like, whoa, that is a spirit of fear. There is something not normal about that. There is something not right. And it's because it's a spirit. It's reality. It's a spirit of fear. So what, what needs to happen? The church gets to rise up at a time like this and actually represent Jesus rightly. We get to represent him to the world right now. And it is an exciting time to be alive. Um, there's this other thing that I read and it said a recipe for a true awakening is upon us. One of the greatest idols in America and the world, really, is being shut down right now, which is sports and entertainment. So all of a sudden, you got news. We're like, this is canceled. This is canceled. And it's been like, it's, it is frustrating and sad. You have people like Hattie, who's super excited. She's got her college sports that she's just worked her tail off for, and it all got canceled. So there, there is the bummer deal, but there is this time where we go, okay, well, we're going to wake up then. Well, we're going to wake up. Because that's happening. Schools are being closed. So that's a time for families to come together in a different way. Um, I mean, the large church conference events, those things are being closed at a lot of different places. And so for us, we here are like, well, shoot, we're going to gather together. We're going to worship the Lord. And it's going to be awesome and glorious. Um, if it comes to it, though, you know what? The early church, they met in their homes, didn't they? So guess what? I, I say we do both. <laughs> I say we come together, we worship the Lord. If you, like in the early church, that's what they did. They would, they'd come together and they'd encourage each other in the faith and they'd grow and then they'd be like, all right, now let's go out. And they'd go out and they'd bring people in, right? It's the perfect time for that. It, this is the time there is more of a recognized need for God than ever before. There is a recognized need for the Lord right now. Right now. What a time to be alive. I'm just thankful, honestly. I mean, sickness doesn't come from the Lord. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So I start walking around. And I'm like, oh, I got that righteous anger bubbling up in me, like I said. But I just, I want us to be aware of the times, like my dad was talking about, and realize, Wow. What a recipe for revival. What a time for Jesus to just show up and show off like never before. But guess what? He's going to do it through us. He's going to do it through us. We get to be his hands and feet. We really get to. Um, all right. You ready to read the Bible? Me too. I love it. 
I love it. So let's get to it here. Acts, I really just want to encourage you in your faith more than anything else right now. I'm going to be like this Holy Ghost cheerleader right now that just reminds you of all that you have in the Lord and what his word says in the truth. Okay, how does that sound? Sound good? All right, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power. You'll receive what? Power. What? Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Who will? You. you. That means us. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Walmart. In Costco. In Caldwell. In Nampa. In Meridian. And to the ends of the earth. You'll receive what? That's right. Not this little sissy la la Christianity, right? Not this, oh, I just need to hide Christianity, right? Nope. You'll receive power. Power means power, last time I checked. Romans 8, 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. That ought to boost you up right there. The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in you. Come on. I think that that spirit is a lot bigger than a little flu. (laughs) The same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in you. That should wake you up and be like, wow, okay, I have purpose right now. That should, it should begin to shift the way we see things. It really should begin to shift the way that we see things. If we read Jesus, Jesus is our example, right? Everything he did, he's our example. So Matthew 4, 23, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. What did he announce? The gospel about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria. And people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. He healed them all. All. I was just talking to my dad this morning, and I was like, Dad, we've seen cancer healed. We've seen tumors dissolve. I just like, you know, as a church, like we, we go after it. It's very, that, we as a body here especially, that's something we really stand for, right? We know what Jesus' blood paid for, and we go after it. But that's how you can really feel that this is a spirit trying to come against when something like this is made so huge. That's where you're like, okay. So how are we going to shift our perspective? Well, mine definitely started shifting when I read the word. So fill yourself with the truth. Fill yourself with the truth. Jesus is our example. And news about him was spreading to the point where people just started bringing the sick to him. Jesus is going to be there. Oh, let's bring the sick because he heals all. So when we remember what his blood has paid for, What if it started to look like people actually started to come? You know, they start bringing the sick. Oh, well, there's hope because those people pray for people and Jesus heals them. All right. Luke 18.8. Like, I'm just going to spitfire verses, basically. You can read these at home. This is a great thing as the church. You know, we talked about meeting in your homes, too. I believe that the Lord is doing a work right now in that. I believe that the Lord is restoring families I believe that he's restoring the value of family. Um, I believe that we're going to see Bible studies in homes like never before. I believe there's going to be Holy Ghost explosions in the home. I believe that like some of my sweet memories at my house are my friends being prayed for in the kitchen and people falling out in the kitchen and having visions of the Lord. But that's something that my parents have stewarded and lived out. And I believe right now there's a time that the Lord is restoring that. And we're going to see that more than ever before. So, faith comes by Luke 18, different verse. 
When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Yeah, yeah, he will. But these are times when it's tested a little more, right? All of a sudden you're like, well, the news said this. I'm feeling a little nervous. Like, I just stopped looking at social media for a little bit because I was just getting mad. I was like, I'm a little angry right now. I'm not going to look at social media. So these are testing moments. These are moments we get to grow in faith, actually. It's beautiful. We get to grow in faith. We get to put legs to our faith instead. We get to put legs and hands to our feet instead. Walk it out. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says that. Faith comes by what? And hearing by the word of God. So what are you listening to right now? You want to grow in faith? What are you listening to? What are you feasting on? Like, do you want to grow in faith in this moment? Really just think basic things. What are we feasting on? What are we listening to? What are we reading? I started reading. um, My mom started reading this, and then I was just listening, and my faith was going crazy that I had to read. It's a story about my great-great-grandma, and... I just am blown away. It's just testimonies is all, is all it is. And it stirred up a fire in me. This was, they were, so they headed out west. Give you a little story. They headed out west. There are these little frontier people. They're just going after it, pioneering. And that was when typhoid fever was hitting. And it was horrible. I mean, they didn't have doctors everywhere like we do. And she ended up getting the typhoid fever, but crazy story. So she actually, a Pentecostal preacher, comes into their town, is preaching on the streets. He's a street preacher. Street preacher. She hears about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and something stirs in her. From a street preacher, she hears about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and something stirs up inside, gets baptized in the Holy Ghost in the home. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And then later on, typhoid fever happens, totally sick to the point of like skin and bones, 80 pounds, about to die, laying in bed, and an angel appears at her bedside. An angel appears at her bedside. This is my great-great-grandma. This isn't the Bible. This is my great-great-grandma. I was like, this is cool. Angel appears. And so she thinks, I'm just summarizing, I really am going to die now. I've seen an angel. Thank you, Lord. Take me. And the angel then says, I can't remember what verse it was. Fear not. Fear not. Angel says, fear not. And uh, fever spikes, gets healed, has to recover a few days, has to basically relearn how to walk because she was bedridden that long. But you know what she did when she got healed? She went out and she started praying for the sick. She got healed and she started praying for the sick. She'd go to the shut-ins. They would, she'd just go after her. She's a simple, she was a simple country girl who had the baptism of the Holy Ghost and loved Jesus and was just going to live out the word of God. Come on! What a time! What a time! Didn't they start calling her Dr. Yaden? Dr. Hattie, Aiden, like to that point where I just love it, where what are we feasting on? Like there weren't as many options. It was a lot more simple then, right? There wasn't the distraction of TV. There wasn't the distraction of social media. So there was a lot more feasting, but I just think it's such an encouragement right now. Like we look at it, other things are being canceled. Like I said, sports, media, a lot of concerts, so many things that can end up actually becoming idols in our lives. And I'm, I'm not saying they're all bad, but I'm saying that a lot of times we have lost the balance. When we get to simplify, right now is this beautiful time of simplicity. Jesus is our life. He's everything. Like, he's where we're going. He is our prize. And I look at my great-grandma, great-great-grandma, and that was so evident in her life. And what was the fruit? Well, gospel was the fruit. So church, what a time. What a time. What a time to be alive. Um, Mark 16, verse 15. 
And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Those who what? Do you believe? All right, these signs should follow you. In my name, in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Woo! That's encouraging. You want to know someone who believed the Bible? John G. Lake. John G. Lake, some of you probably know his story. So in South Africa, it was crazy. Plague was going on. People were dying left and right. Oh, thank you, Linda. You're so awesome. Um, I'm going to read this. As if God's protection of John G. Lake and his staff was not enough during the plague that was killing the masses in South Africa. John G. Lake was to prove yet again how powerful the name of Jesus truly is. He invited the other secular doctors to experiment with him, asking them to take the foam of the lungs of the dead plague victims and study it under a microscope, finding countless amounts of living germs inside. But Lake would surprise all in the room when he asked the doctors to spread the infected foam over his hands and claim that the germs would die. That sounds pretty gross, doesn't it? Once the foam was placed in Lake's hands, the doctors saw through the microscope that the germs died instantly. Everyone in the room stood amazed as John just gave all the glory to God. He told the doctors, you can fill my hand with them and I will keep it under the microscope. And instead of these germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. Thank you, Lord. Come on, that's faith. Am I saying that that's what we all need to do? No, the Lord clearly instructed him to do that, obviously. (laughs) But come on, that's faith. That's faith. That's taking the word and holding true to it, that this is what the Lord says, that I can take up deadly things and it will have no harm. So how do we stir up this faith? Stir up this faith. Stir up the faith right now. I'm going to feast on the word. That's how I've been stirring up the faith reading my Bible, reading testimonies like that, reading testimonies like this, and then it gets me really jazzed, worshiping. Um, Acts 5, 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out unto the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Come on. That's what the church looked like. Oh, how exciting to think that that's what it gets to look like. Like that was the early church. That was the normal. It was to where people were like, oh, there's person sick. Well, let's put them on a bed. Let's put them on the street because Jossie might walk by. And I know the Holy Spirit lives in her. So if her shadow touches me, I'm going to get healed. What if we get convinced about what the Lord has done? Like, what if we really believe that his finished work on the cross was more than enough? It gets me excited. Like, just think about the reality of the city of Caldwell. All of a sudden, they're like, okay, let's get people at least to the parking lot of Valley Church because... Like, the second that we just get on the parking lot, the presence of God, boom, people get healed. Uh, What if they're like, hey, I know that, you know, Pastor Rich is my neighbor, and I have got this going on, so I'm going to knock on his door and ask him to pray for me. 
this is what it gets to look like, guys. As the church, we get to do this. We get to be his hands and feet. It's the greatest honor. It's the greatest privilege that Christ, the hope of glory, would actually live in us. The Bible talks about the mystery being revealed. What was the mystery? Christ, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What was the mystery? Uh, that Christ was then going to be in you and he'd be the hope of glory. What? That's wild. That'll stir up faith. Read your Bible. <laughs> Read your Bible. It'll stir up a lot of faith. I'm preaching myself happy, and all I'm doing is reading the Bible. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Revelation 12, 11, And they have defeated him, the adversary, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Why, did, why was that the case? Because Christ was actually their life. Christ was actually their life. That they didn't care. They're like, well, to live is Christ, to die is gain. <laughs> if you read, you know, the apostles, they're like, I'm, here is my, here's where I'm torn. I know that I'll be more fruitful if I'm here on the earth because I get to make Jesus known. I get to be his hands and feet. But I just love him so much, and I just can't wait to be in heaven. So if I do die, I'm really excited to be with the Lord. But I know that he wants me to be his hands and feet right now. So, okay, God, thank you. Jesus was actually their life. He wasn't an accessory. He was their life. Jesus was their hope. He was their reason for living. He changed everything. Jesus changes everything. And he, that's what I feel for his bride. Like there is this jealous love that he has for his bride. And I feel it so strongly. He's not trying, he's not calling for a sleepy church. He's calling for a church that's awake, that is fully sold out and undone for Jesus. Where what's our answer? Um, Jesus. What's, what's the purpose of life? Mm, Jesus. Hey, what's your five-year plan? Following Jesus. What, um, what's your purpose? Loving Jesus and being loved by Jesus. He's our everything. If we die, we get to be with him. You know, like sometimes we just, we just need to be less in love with ourselves and our lives and be more in love with Jesus. It's simple. It's really simple. Matthew, let's go. <laughs> but it's the reality. Jesus is everything. He's the only answer in this right now. Like there's, he is the answer for sickness, but he's the, the bigger problem is he's the answer for this, like this fear that's stirring up in people. Like, you know, if I die, oh, I'm going to be in heaven. Like me and Jossie, we were in the coffee shop and we're like, people are crazy right now. Jesus, just come. <laughs> we were at that point, you know, and I'm like, Lord, fill me with love. That's when my mom comes in and she's like, Jesus, baptize her with love. It's true. <laughs> but there's this reality where the deeper problem is people are afraid because they don't have the hope of glory. They don't have Jesus. They don't have their security. They don't have where he becomes everything. They don't know the Prince of Peace. They don't know the Comforter. They don't know the Shepherd. Like he is all. And he's calling his bride to himself. And that's why God works all things out for the good of those who love him, right? So in this, you know, we hear, oh, churches might be shut down. Well, we're going to rise up and be a bride who's like, well, we're going to meet together. But if things were to get plumb wild, I'm like, I cannot wait to have people in my house. I can't wait to get in there. And we're going to worship our faces off. And we're going to love on Jesus. And we're just going to see mass revival in our homes too which has been the plan all along. So this is a good thing for the church to wake up in that way. But he's just, he's called to be our life. He's everything. He's not the accessory. Jesus is not means to something. Jesus isn't means to the miraculous. Jesus isn't means to the supernatural. He is the supernatural. He is the miracle. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He became poor so that we could become rich. Well, you have him. You're pretty wealthy. <laughs> He's everything. And I just, oh, I feel it. I feel it stirring up. 
Where the Lord's like, I'm ready to be everyone's everything. Not just their cute necklace they wear. Not just their purse that has that leather, you know, like cross on it. He's everything. He's everything. We surrender. We get him. We get everything. We get to make him our everything. You just saw in the disciples, they were just, Christ was everything. Jesus was everything. People want to see a the world wants to see a fearless church, and you will see a fearless church when Jesus becomes our everything. Oh! You'll see a fearless church when Jesus becomes our everything. He's our a beautiful obsession. It's Jesus. We wake up and we're like, oh, I love you, Jesus. We go to sleep and we're like, oh, I love you, Jesus. You go to the grocery store and people look like they're sick. Oh, I know Jesus, the miracle. Oh. He's my obsession. Do you want to know him? Matthew 10:35. No, 9:35, sorry. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. So it's pretty evident that Jesus healed everything, right? We got that clear. Here's the thing. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Like I said, if you've been around, you can see that the harvest right now is great. The workers are few. And there's a lot of people who are walking around aimlessly like these lost sheep. There are these lost sheep who look really helpless and they're scared and they're confused. They don't know what to do. Well, it's a great time for us as the bride to rise up. To rise up. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. And so now's our time to be like, I'm going to be a worker. I'm joining in. I'm joining in, Lord. Where we get to rise up in ways like never before. And we just get to see Jesus be glorified. It's all for his glory. It's all for his glory. I mean, one more. I just got to give you this verse because it's just way too much fun. Colossians 2.15. I love Jesus. Having disarmed principalities and powers, having what? Disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumph, triumphing over them in it. Jesus made a public spectacle of them. He triumphed over them. So we're talking about the spirit of fear, everything like that. Jesus made a public spectacle with the cross. The cross was like, Shame on you, ha, 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 kind of a thing. It's like in your face, it's done, it's finished. He made a public spectacle of them. I love that. That's the Jesus I love and serve. He's one. He's one. He's one. He made a public spectacle. That's why I get to dance my face off. Because Jesus won, and I'm like, ha, ha, it's done. It's done. So now's the time to rise up, church. Never been a better time. Never been a better time. People aren't, they don't have quite as many distractions. They don't have concerts to go to right now. They don't have sporting events to go to right now. They're still in school, but you know, it's a great time to be like, hey, why don't you come over to my house? Let's read the Bible. Hey, yeah, why don't you come over to my house? Let's worship. Hey, why don't we just go out and just see who the Lord points out that we can go love on? You know, it's a great time. What a time to be alive. So this is what I want us to do. I'm so glad I'm alive too, Mom. I'm so glad. Uh, one, I will never forget this. One day, I asked my mom. I was like, hey, Mom, what's the plan for today? And she goes, uh, see Jesus. I mean, see Caldwell come to Jesus. I'll never forget that. You probably don't remember, but I was like, what's the plan? She goes, uh, see Caldwell come to Jesus. Come on. That, our, we get to renew our mind to that. We get to change it like that. So I want to, what we're going to do 
is we're going to sing and worship because we like to do that here and because Jesus likes it. And all of heaven does it, so why not? Why don't we join in with all of heaven? Like they're always around singing holy. <laughs> so why don't we join in? Um, but here's the deal. So we're going to sing this. And we're going to sing, there's an army rising up. And I believe that right now. But there's a time like we get to cross the line. You know, like there's a line and let's cross it. Let's be the workers. Let's see that the harvest is ripe. Let's be his hands and feet like never before. Let's be those ones. Let's be the fearless church. Fearless, totally fearless. So we're going to sing this. And I'm going to invite you to come up as an act of faith saying like I'm all in and then we're going to pray and I believe that there's going to be a baptism of boldness over our church a baptism of boldness we're going to go after it like supernatural boldness like crazy John G like put that disease up in my hand the power of Jesus the power of the blood going to destroy that all right so why don't you let go ahead stand up everyone stand up who's in Come up to the front if you're in. Come up to the front. We're going to sing, There's an Army. And like I said, we're going to stand in faith. Let's join together. Over the, let's, I, I feel like we're all, not just, it's us, but I feel like for the corporate body. Like for the body of Christ, us interceding, saying, we're in. The church is not going to be asleep. We're in. We're awake, Lord. Your bride is waking up. So I want you, this is a personal declaration, but this is a declaration for his bride, like interceding for the bride of Christ to wake up, wake up, wake up. 